inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. Happy New Year. And I wanted to share this op-ed that I found on the internet from 2009, but I still think it's relevant. It's about Morgulons, and it's it's a really good article. Just check it out, okay? An op-ed, and it, it's from the Digital Journal, written by Paul Wallace, March 15th, The Ides of March, 2009. Op-ed, Morgulons, Delusion, Fungus, or Truly Lousy Epidemiology. Morgulon's disease is, quote, controversial, according to the Mayo Clinic. The Mayo, however, doesn't consider the condition trivial. The condition is very debilitating. Uh, apparently, also severely debilitated, is the sleeping science of epidemiology. Morgulon's was the topic of a recent story on DJ, Digital Journal, the publication from which this uh, op-ed is published, uh, by Adriana Sujt, S-T-U-I-G-T, y'all, I don't even know, and an earlier piece by Samantha A. Torrance. This is the sort of topic that gets my interest, so I decided to do some digging. There's no known cause for Morgulons, but there are literally thousands of theories. 
Too many, in fact, for much credibility. Theories so far range from a hoax, aliens, to neurological disorders, to nanotech. This is science. This is medicine. This is the 21st century. As science, it's pitiful. As epidemiology, it's inexcusable. Amen. The known facts are that the disease is characterized by fibers, quote, forming in the skin, severe discomfort, short-term memory loss, pain, fatigue, gastrointestinal disorders, and behavioral changes. Changes in skin color and other wonderful personal fun things are also noted. Obviously, it can't be too serious. Nothing to disturb the rich sewer of greed-based medical scientific stagnation, which we've all come to appreciate so much over the last few decades. <sighs> Boo, it's like 11 years. No, sorry, as of now, 12 years later. And um, have things become less corrupt? Hmm, don't know. The CDC last year kind of proved where their alliances uh, are, and it is not the public's health, it is politicians. Uh, anyhow, not everybody at the CDC, but, you know, the leadership has been bad. Luckily, it is about to change. Um, the Mayo has some interesting comments in its piece on Morgulon's disease, which define the state of the, quote, research so far. Quote, beyond anecdotal reports, researchers know little about Morgulon's disease. The Morgulon's Research Foundation reports no known causes of Morgulon's disease and no successful treatment for the condition. Whether Morgulon's disease is contagious remains a mystery. And okay, you guys, uh, fast forward to the year 2021. This was in 2009, right? Morgulon's Research Foundation no longer exists and it has been replaced by the Charles E. Holman Foundation. But listen to the point he's making. Researchers know little about Morgulon's disease. Here we are, 12 years later. Is that true still? Yep. The Morgulon's Research Foundation reports no known causes of Morgulon's disease and no successful treatment for the condition. Um, you know, so here we are in 2021. I think that, you know, the Charles E. Holman Foundation reports um, the cause to be a spirit kettle, tick-borne, um, and says that antibiotics can be successful. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I guess preliminary research is suggestive of it. And um, just to be the devil's advocate here, I will say I have been on doxycycline um, for a while now and uh, not any results. I will say, although I continue to strongly strongly advise you never to put silver nitrate on your skin for any reason unless a doctor has told you to um i will say my face looks a lot hell of a lot better since i uh, burned it off with uh, silver nitrate and freaking windex <sighs> check out the previous episode diy medicine if you're not familiar with that story um it is a harrowing cautionary tale but anyway just saying antibiotics they say that they work. I'm not sure that they do. I hope they do. I want to get more of them. I'll try anything. <laughs> um, and then he also says in 2009 that whether Morlan's disease is contagious remains a mystery. Yeah, well, you know, it is a mystery still. 12 fucking years later, how much money has been put in, time has been put in uh, to research this disorder, and they still are saying at the Morgulon's, uh Charles E. Holman Foundation that it, Ginger Savely, you know, one of their big dogs, she says it's not contagious. 
I'm sorry, but me and a lot of other Mories who've called into this show or who have posted their experiences online do believe that it is contagious in some shape or form to certain susceptible people at the very least. So, I mean, that is just, that should light a fire under your ass because I know it does mine to get more information, research, and answers about Morgulon's disease this year, y'all. We can do it. We can do it. Um, okay, so so he goes on. So there are thousands of cases, and almost nobody has bothered to get off their backsides and go looking for an actual cause, which means all the theories to date are so much unsubstantiated drivel. Agreed. 12 years later, agreed. The Morgulon's Research Foundation, fortunately, has been working on somewhat less anecdotal and noticeably less apathetic information than the rest of the epidemiological world. In its report dated June 2008, it refers to common organisms known to cause disease in humans and makes some qualified associations with Morgulon's disease. One of the most plausible associations is with parasitic fungi. Fungal infections can be devastating, as anyone who's ever had thrush would know. Or a yeast infection. Y'all, thrush is the same thing as a yeast infection. Different orifice. Same thing as diaper rash. The fungus involved, Candida albicans, is perfectly capable of sporulation in living tissue, meaning it can form spores. Spores are how it reproduces and spreads, right? Um, fungi, in fact, have survived every major extinction event in Earth's history, and it can and can exist in just about any environment. Lots of people, since Morgulons began to be discussed and researched uh, since 2000, have postulated that fungus uh, and or parasitic fungus, to be more specific, plays a role in the pathophysiology of Borgelons. I tend to believe that that is a fairly plausible possibility, um, but we just don't know. Like he said, unsubstantiated drivel. He says, I'm a horticulturist by qualification, and I can tell you if there's a problem with anything, top of the list is usual of usual suspects are fungi, each and every time. They also produce very hard tissues themselves. The razor strop fungus is so-called because it's so tough you can literally sharpen razors on it. Damn. Fungi are at least theoretically capable of producing, quote, keratin-like fibers. Very interesting, very interesting because keratin-like fibers, he's talking about this in 2009 before Charles E. Holman Foundation published uh, in, at a later date uh, I think then 2009, I believe that was later research that determined that the filaments or fibers were made out of collagen and keratin, uh, supposedly. So this guy's theory could be pretty prescient, you know, meaning he had knowledge of something ahead of his time. Okay, so uh, the patho the pathology of Morgulon's disease, growth of fibers appearing in various locations, is also consistent with growths from spores in close proximity, like Candida albicans. Dryness and loss of moisture would be consistent with fungal activity. Fungi must have water. So y'all think about it. Are your lesions dry and flaky and shit like that? Mine are. Mine are. Uh, lack of infections around lesions may also, it may also indicate active fungi. 
I agreed. That's an interesting uh, point to note because I've never had anything like staff or anything, no kind of pus or nothing, nothing to suggest bacterial infection around open lesions, which is just incredibly unusual, especially with this mask wearing, you know, you're putting on, taking off the same dirty mask, you know, at work, especially if like me, you work in a hospital. Um, So yeah, anyway, Lack of infections around lesions may also indicate active fungi. That's not proven or even suggested by research at this stage, but it's a working theory for that fact. Many fungi are bacteriophages, meaning they kill bacteria. Many fungi are bacteriophages. And the human body has a lot of very nasty opportunists like staph. And like, so an opportunistic pathogen where normally it can't fuck with you. But if your immune system is anyway compromised, if you've got corona and you're fighting that virus, uh, staph could get into one of your wounds and cause a serious staph infection, right? Um, so very nasty opportunists like staph waiting for open lesions. Lack of infection may mean that even staph can't deal with Morgulon's pathogens, in which case modified versions of these things might be cures for golden staph. Agreed. Why isn't there more research, not just to figure out what Morgulon's is in terms of a disease, but also to like see if we can, you know, engineer these fuckers to work for us instead of against us. How do you think we came up with penicillin? Got it from a fungi, y'all. That's how we discovered it. You know, we got this MRSA, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, MRSA. It, you can give your patients antibiotics all day. It will not help them because they've grown resistance. Hey, get some Morgulons into the lab. Engineer those fuckers. They will die on the spot. We'll kill every damn bacteria you got. Keep looking into Morgulons. The rest of the report is a lot less heartwarming in terms of where researchers have found Morgulons-like particles. Domestic hot water services, for one. I don't know if you spend much time thinking about multicolored particles in your hot water services, but that's where these things are showing up. The Morgulons Research Foundation found no less than six types of particle in the hot water tanks, shower, and kitchens of sufferers, including highly Morgulon-suggestive ribbons, colored clear, blue, red, green, and black. These particle types are directly related to particles from Morgulon sufferers. Amen, brother. So, a disease or a class of related pathogens producing common effects? Hmm. Also interesting was the fact cited in the report that replacing the water tanks resulted in marked improvement in the health of the sufferers. Fascinating. As soon as I got some moolah, I might be doing that if I don't sell my house and get the fuck out of this Morgulon's palace. Um... So he says, this is an image of Morgulons, and he's got a link to like a sh- bunch of tangled up colored strings. And then he says, this is an image of a parasitic fungus. And it's also the very similar looking image. It's, it's really striking, actually. As you can see, fibers are natural offshoots of fungi, even in this non-related species. This is another view of a parasitic fungus under an electron microscope. And it looks like uh, a total Morgulon, first of all, but it's like a round spherical ball with that looks like tightly woven, <laughs> just like the thing I found on my desk the other day, y'all, that I was talking about in an earlier episode. And then it's got these fibril tendrils almost radiating out of its entire diameter, like a sun or something, like a Morgul, like a sun galon. Um, anyway, so he says, uh, Less tangled than Morgulons, but you see the fiber structures. 
Many fungi are amorphous too, not as neatly structured as these examples, but the fibers are used to break down tissues in all species. A tough fungus living in human tissue wouldn't be able to adopt a simple morphology. The itching and crawling sensations of morgulons are also indicative of active fungal infection. Even athlete's foot, another nasty fungus, produces similar sensations. The itching also indicates some immune response, and there should be antigens of some sort around the tissue. Another very basic research methodology left flapping in the wind, no doubt. Epidemiology, science, or spectator? We can assume that despite the apparent lack of rational responses from various, quote, authorities, the research by the Morgulons Research Foundation is getting somewhere. Infinitely less amusing is the obvious total failure of anything resembling a systematic response to what may well be a serious threat to human health. Widespread fungal diseases include thrush, chlamydia, and a range of severe dermatological conditions. Chlamydia is not fungal. That is bacterial. Uh, So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about this author's uh, credibility, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, An unknown, unless he's talking about a different chlamydia that I don't know about. Um, But anyway, an unknown pathology affecting tens of thousands of people surely deserves more than a diagnosis of, quote, mental illness in people with lesions all over them. Only shingles and some rashes are known to be caused by neurological dysfunction. Nothing else is known to do that. Shingles is actually caused by the uh, a type of herpes virus that also causes chicken pox, y'all. Um, so that's not neurological dysfunction. I, this guy's uh, gonna have to fact check you there, bro. Um, an unknown disease causing actual wounds surely deserves the semantic courtesy of being considered a disease, not a delusion. The public deserves the courtesy of a science which isn't sitting on its butt. If you wanted a pandemic which could make the influenza epidemic look like a baby shower, a fungus would be one of the best candidates. Mm, well, hindsight is twenty twenty. Anyway, just the last part he says, I think you ought to try peroxide, like, because it's an oxidizer and it works on fungus. I like his sass, and he makes some good points, even though at times he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. We should have pinto beans and cornbread and collard greens. <laughs> you hate all those things. Wait, yeah, you think I do? What were they again, though? Pinto beans, collard greens, and cornbread. That means you'll have good luck all year. I mean, I might get it. They don't do that in New Jersey, eh? No, is that really a thing? Oh, like yeah, in the South, that's a big deal. Is that right? Especially they, Tennessee. And they say it's good luck, too? Mm-hmm. Well, there ain't much I wouldn't try in the name of luck. Beans are my enemy. I'm not a huge fan of pintos or collards, but I will eat them for the name are, of Lady Luck. Are pintos the same thing as um, small red beans, they're called? Can't remember, but, oh, I think black-eyed peas, actually, or something is a Tennessee twist on it. Well, small red beans are the number one highest antioxidant, even more than wild blueberries. There you go. Good luck. No heart attacks. No whammies.
problem is like we're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can see that back okay, vocals if okay. you want. Okay. <laughs> okay, from the top, and you come from the side. Uh. <laughs> 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 okay, from 2021. Oh, it's just the same old new year. Oh, the same. Oh, cause it's just the same. 